1: has Tito lost his touch with the Guardians after Sam Henches blew another late-inning lead? He took out Savali after 87 pitches. And at some point, Bull, you said it the other day, you think this is his worst season yet. Has he lost a touch? Am I over-exaggerating or over, over-playing what we've seen this year? But it seems like time after time again, they've had chances to close out games late, and it just hasn't ended up in wins.
0: Well, let me start. There, yeah. No, he hasn't lost his touch. I think the argument of, has a guy lost his touch, it's when Tony russa has been out of baseball for 15 yes. years and then comes back. It's when John Gruden's been sitting in the studio for 10, 15 years and then tries to come back. That's when guys, that's when the game changes and evolves beyond what they are accustomed to. Ter- the game has not evolved beyond Terry Francona. He's been there every step of the way. He's not taking any time away. He took, what, one year off to go to ESPN or whatever. That doesn't count. The game hasn't changed. Has he has they had some bad luck this year? Yes. Has he made questionable decisions? Yeah, of course, sure. Every manager has. You know, Hentges has blown up on him. He loves Sam Hentges. So I remember when Hentges was first coming up and there was the comparisons to Andrew Miller and this could be a Miller type and they used him as a starter. It didn't work out. They put him in this reliever role. You're not always going to hit the right button. It doesn't mean he's lost his touch. Savali, I don't think they have a ton of faith in him, frankly, to go very deep into games. To get over that hundred pitch mark, I think you know Zach Meisel wrote about it today. You referenced a story bowl that Zach yeah. had on the Athletic today that he got tired after I forget how many pitches he threw in his last start seventy nine or eighty one or something like that. So I and we saw it actually with the Yankees early in the year. Yankee Domingo Herman after five innings almost every start whether it's not wanting to give Only them another look perfect game oddly I know and then he pitched a perfect <laughs> game after he got blown up for like yeah, two right. or three starts. It, had, it could do with where they were at in the lineup and not wanting to see guys a, another time through. It, there's a, multiple factors that go into it. I don't think Tito's lost his touch at all. He's a Hall of Fame manager. He hasn't taken any time away from the game. He has kept up for being an old-school manager. I think Tito has sort of integrated more of the advanced analytics, and adv- he's embraced that more than a lot of the old-school guys have. I think he's just fine. It's just one of those years.
2: I will say this about Tito. I agree with Jason that I don't think the game has passed him by. However, he's not had a particularly good first half. Mm -hmm. Uh, You know, managers can go into slumps too. Managers can just, you're making the bad decisions, whatever, it happens. I think there's a couple of things here. As great a manager as Tito is and has always been and is absolutely a Hall of Famer. He's been a magnificent manager across the board. Anybody in the game will tell you that. Any player that's played for him loves him his in-game managing has never been the strength of his being a manager his strength is his ability to relate to players and to connect with players in different ways and get the most out of them that's the most important thing to me as a manager and that's his strength his in-game management at times has lacked especially with handling the bullpen and i think it's been a little worse this year uh i will say his loyalty to miles straw is baffling i i don't want to hear every time i bring this up somebody says to me well they're paying him who who cares they got to pay him whether he starts." so because they're paying him that means he has to play every day that doesn't make any sense um so his his loyalty to straw is baffling to me why he plays pretty much every day is insane there is no world in which Miles Straw is an everyday player. He is the least productive hitter in baseball. He has not been as good defensively this year. If you look at the the analytics on it, he's been more you know pretty good, not elite, this year. Just because you win a gold glove once doesn't make you the best outfielder in baseball. He shouldn't be playing every day. That's simple. Uh, but Terry Francona is still a good manager, who's having a bad year, hopefully— the second half will be better, as has been the case many times. Now, I've consistently picked them to still win this division, but I've started to loss, lose my faith in this. A lot of it because of key injuries to Bieber. We're not going to see Bieber until at least sometime in August. Zach pointed out in the article; he's probably thinking late Ar- late August, early September. I doubt you'll see McKenzie at all the rest of the season. Um, so that's your two best pitchers, or yeah. the guys who have been your two best pitchers. <clears throat> so it's an to me. The Guardians are in a tough spot because they're in a crappy division, so they're not out of it. They, I don't think they have a, much of a realistic chance to win in the postseason. However, as Zach pointed out, if it's a big if, Bieber and McKenzie were healthy and pitching well, and they did make the playoffs, they would have a good enough pitching staff to compete. But their lineup is so bad. Even Antonetti admitted the lineup is taking a step backwards, which he never really admits things like that. Which which is crazy. Now, think about this. Uh, Josh Naylor, uh, 75 ribbies is insane. Uh, even Jose Ramirez is not on pace for 100 ribbies. Oh, no. Right? He, got, he got down here, too. Yeah. Now, oh. let's give Josh Bell a little credit. He's played better here. And if you look at his numbers right now, they're not terrible. If he could
0: play against his former team 162 games, he'd be an all-star. Because he hammered the Pirates and he hammered the Nationals. Yeah. Well, uh, who listen? I'm so done with Josh. I'm just done. He with hasn't him. been that awful. I'm done with he him. He has been better. $16.5 million.
2: I'm not saying he's worth the money. I'm saying he's been a little better. I, I wish they could get rid of him.
3: I'd be happy. I, it's I, not good enough. I don't. But he's th- not been. He, he's been better. There's two things that baffle me. And I need yeah. to figure out what it is. Because it seems like anybody that I ask, they, they take terms kicking back and forth between these two different bodies, uh, entities. Whose decision is it that Miles Straw is playing every day? Who does that come down to? Okay, that's Tito. Yeah. Whose decision is it that Oscar Gonzalez can't, is just he got 25 games and that was it? That's the front office. I mean, I,
2: I think I, if, if if Tito really wanted Oscar up, he'd be up.
3: I, I agree with that. Right. I, I, so okay. So my thing is that that's a huge problem for me. Because the Guardians operate in a way where they seem to be rational adults in the room, but there's some certain things where they, they go way to the end of the road like boys to men, like with these guys, and it's already it's, well, already, it's, yeah. it's With written. Oscar Gonzalez, here's what I don't understand. Again, I reference Zach's very excellent
2: article in The Athletic where he talked about – he said Gonzalez will be up soon. Um, there's still complaints in the organization that he's undisciplined at the plate. If Jesus. if the Guardians lineup was full of good hitters, I could understand that argument. And and Zach points out, well, Josh Naylor has, you know, was much less disciplined earlier in his career, and the reason he has blossomed this year is because he's become more disciplined at the plate. Well, Josh Naylor's in like his fifth, sixth season. Yeah. D- this is- Why does Oscar Oscar Gonzalez has been on fire at Triple well, A in particular? He's been killing the lefties. Yeah. And. There is zero reason not to have him in the majors when you have zero production it's, it's, from your opponent. Like, it's, it's insane. It's, Even if he's still undisciplined, let him work on it in the majors where at least he's gonna run into
3: some home run. That's 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 drinking your own Kool-Aid. They're, they, they're getting high off their own supply right now. Yeah. <clears throat> because you don't have the luxury of saying, hold plate discipline. Mm. That's something you work listen. At that level, you're losing games two to one. And and we talk about the bullpen all the time. Oh, the bullpen's having Mm. a tough year. How would you like to have your job always come down to you coming in the game and it's like two people on and you got to get people out? The the Guardians almost as an organization seem like like runs are bad. Home runs are bad. You need two or three people that don't have plate discipline and hit your 30 home runs. I don't I don't think they understand that. And for them to keep trotting these people out with no power, and then just say, "Well, we no nah, that you 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 you're reading into the analytics way too much." If you yeah. start to say people in the organization are upset, and if Tito, if he's the guy, at some point he said, "Hold on, this is the reason I'm Tito and I'm the Hall of Famer." You guys go get me some players. Yeah, I'll coach the guys we got. We need to bring them on up. Yeah, uh, and and Jason, one other thing, like, again, in Zach's article, he
2: points out, well. Anthony saying that uh, Freeman and Arias, it's hard for them to play well when they're not playing. Well, maybe you should send Arias back to the minors. Maybe Arias should be in the minors and Oscar Gonzalez should be up, and that would create more play- more playing time for Arias at AAA, where he's—I mean, he's been miserable in the majors, and it would give a little more playing time to Freeman and move on from Rosario, which he also points out. Well, what's
0: funny is in spring training, they were saying they can't carry Freeman and, and Arias together because right. there's too much overlap. Well, that's exactly what they're doing now right. is carrying them together yes so everything they said in spring training they've now pivoted basically 180 degrees on right uh but the whole gonzalez thing the one he needs to be taking at bats from is miles straw and i don't know 100 and i don't know that they're ready to make that i mean
2: you have to move
0: (laughs) i i I agree listen i said brennan kwan straw which is not gonna pick one of them as your center fielder go get two new corner bats that's right at least get Gonzalez and move Brennan to center. Although yep. I, I still would like Quan in center and two new corner guys and make Brennan your fourth outfielder. Right. I don't know how this ends with Miles Straw. I don't know how this is going to end. There's a lot of guaranteed money committed to him. I don't know how they're going to get off that if they even want to get off that. But the move for Gonzalez is, is to take a bat away from Miles Straw. And I don't know if they're ready to do that. I mean.
2: <laughs> I know. I know. Think about that. That's I know. insane. I know. I know. It's crazy. Oscar Gonzalez, let Gabriel Harris play every day. Ahmed Rosario, who's been much better for the last month, has to be gone. We have to see one of these young guys play every I day. Agree. I agree. So, I think Tyler Freeman's been better than Arias in part-time play. I want to see Tyler Freeman get a crack at playing shortstop every day. So, they either need to trade Rosario, which obviously you're not getting, you know, you're getting minimal return. Fine. He's going to be gone next year anyway, so you might as well. If you have to, you cut him. I don't care. TFAM, whatever. But they could get something. Something you would I mean, get,
0: you would get a single A, whatever,
2: whatever, a lottery ticket. Yeah, you know they've had some success with those lottery tickets. Trade him for a lottery ticket and put Tyler Freeman there every day, and then you, you know, and let I would let Aries go to the minors right now. Let him play for a few weeks, build some confidence up, and then bring him back in August. Have Freeman play every day, or or maybe split time with Aries, where at least they're both getting a good amount of at bats. So let's go here. This is bullshit that Oscar Gonzalez is in the minors because
3: Miles Straw has got to get at that It's the dumbest thing I ever heard in my life. Is it? Is it really? I just popped in my head. You know, we talk about there's serious, always serious pressure on the Browns, right? Yeah. There's pressure down on the Cavs. Do you think that there is ever really any life changing pressure on the Guardians? I don't. I think they're just they they're here. And if they do something, it blips up a little bit. But there's no, like, there, there's no mob saying, Tiki Torch mob saying, this is, we're um, middling. Amongst the uh, diehard Guardians community,
2: there's some people that are a little frustrated with Tito at this point and think they should move on. I'm not one of those people, but there is some sentiment. Yeah. Uh, there. But there's no pressure.
0: Is there them. pressure to win or be fired by, in terms of front office people? No. In no. Tito? No. No. They're not going. anywhere. Is there, nor no, should they. they? No, 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 they. no, no,
3: not really. I'm just saying, do you think that there's a, I've never really seen um, the, the expectation for them to be. Oh, no, you got to go to the world. So well, that's or, because yeah.
2: they've always been good. And so when you're always good, you know, I mean, I, I know he, you know, he won a Super Bowl uh, earlier in his career, but Mike Tomlin has has been mediocre for a long time right like he hasn't won a playoff game in a lot of years but like nobody's there's no a lot of the fans want to fire him in pittsburgh but the front office is not going to fire him they're like this guy's a really good coach why would we fire him right you know and in baseball in particular it's frustrating but the playoffs are a crapshoot let's face it that guardians team in 2016 even though they were one win away from the world series had no business getting to the world Series. Whereas the 2017 team, which lost in the first round after blowing an 0-2 lead, was a way better team. It was a better team. 17 was a more talented team. Yes, than 16. the 16 team was not was was held together by duct tape. Corey Kluber and Andrew Miller got in the game. Cody seven. Allen and did a good Allen. job. Those three guys, Allen. they had nothing else. Yeah. And they got to Game Seven of the World Series with with three pitchers essentially, one starter and two good relievers. One reliever was all world, and one other reliever was good. That was it. And so, it's a bit of a crapshoot. And yes, the Guardians have failed in the postseason the last few years. But since these guys have been here, all they've known is winning. The worst record they had was 80 and 82 in the decade they've been here. So, it's it's hard to say they should have pressure to be fired at this point because of one down, no, no, one no, surprisingly I, bad
3: year. No, no, I wouldn't say fired. Yeah. I, usually teams that are good. Yeah. Uh, Let's go back. Philadelphia Eagles with, under Andy Reid. Yeah. At some point in time, it's like, hey, I know you've been to these championships, these NFC championships, but this year, we got to get over the hump. Right. Is there, like, usually you get, you got a honeymoon period of four years, five years, but soon somebody says. Well, Andy Reid
2: was there a lot more than that.
3: Yeah. Because he was great.
2: And eventually there was time, and maybe eventually there'll be a time with this team, but I don't think we're close to that yet. No.
0: Um, you know when when the pressure comes is when new ownership new comes owners, in. Yes, that's right. That's when the pressure gets ratcheted yeah,
2: up. That's true. We'll see how they do between now and then. Right. But I think I think at this trade deadline, in the end, I think the Guardian. The, what are they buying? They can't buy. They have nothing. I, I, you know, I, it's a weird. They may do both, I guess. But mm-hmm. I would definitely trade Savali because his to me his value will never be higher than it is now and the pitching market in terms of what's available is thin. I mean, who's out there? You know, Marcus Stroman's having a, a Cy Young type of season, but he can opt out at the end of this year. So no, and and, and he's pitching better than he should be now. Yeah. So is Savali and Stroman's better than Savali. Scherzer could be available. Verlander could be available, but I don't know that the Mets are going to sell. I as no, bad as they've been, they're not sell. I still think the car. You look at the other bad teams that might sell. Kansas City's got no starting pitching. Oakland's got no starting pitching to trade. St. Louis has got no starting pitching to trade. Like, all these teams, all these bad teams don't have any starting pitching. The Cubs have, as I said, Stroman. Uh, You know, now the White Sox got – it depends what the White Sox do. They have some interesting pitchers there. Yep. Uh, Who else? The Angels, if they trade Otani. By the way. Colin Cowherd, did you guys all see that thing? I was that, going to
1: bring the, that up at the end of this conversation to put a bow tie on baseball. I mean, Do you want to get to it now? Yeah, that was bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was really you bad. You want to play the clip? or? Yeah, give me a sec. I'll, I'll find the
2: clip. Colin Cowherd, I'm not a huge Colin Cowherd fan. I respect him because he's highly successful in the business. He's found a niche. He's not my cup of tea. I don't really care for him, but I respect him. And obviously, again, he's very accomplished.
1: We have the clip. You ready? This is, this yeah. is,
2: okay, this is him talking about Showy Ohtani and what the Angels should do.
1: He's really an all time talent. But the question is, what do the Angels do? Do they trade him and get a bevy of picks back? I would love to do that. Oof. Um, that's what I would do. Or do you roll the dice and try to sign him
2: because no GM and he's really an all time talent? If you're not a big baseball fan, maybe you don't realize how cringeworthy that is.
0: How do you not have someone on the show yeah. say, you can't do that. Yeah. Like, how does someone not have a break? break no draft
3: pick trades in I, baseball. I, I th- yeah. I thought, I thought, like when I heard it. Yeah. I thought, like his in, in his mind, he was th- he was thinking a bunch pro- of minor Prospects. Leaguers. So when you say picks and prospects, like it's kind of the same thing. I, I guess it, like, he could have like you that. like get a bevy of prospects. That's giving him
2: a pretty big benefit of the doubt. I mean, I, I I mean it's possible. That's what he meant. But why wouldn't you say, I mean, nobody says draft picks when it comes to baseball. baseball. And like for an average fan not to know that, that's fine. That's not your job. Right. For like my beef with Colin Cowherd is a beef I have with a lot of people in this business is they think they got to be experts on everything. And I think fans appreciate when you're honest about the sports, you don't know as well. I fully admit, I don't know the NBA as well as I know other sports. I don't pretend to be an expert. I'll give opinions on things I pay attention to, but I don't pretend to be an expert on the NBA. I don't pretend to be an expert on the NFL draft. Most people that pretend to be experts are not. There's only a few people that are really good at that. That's their job. And so when Colin Cowherd pretends he's an expert on everything, he shouldn't even talk baseball. He barely ever does. He has no clue what he's talking about when he talks baseball. So, like, don't be a phony about it. Just say, you know, I mean – to say draft picks, that is freaking embarrassing. Hey, really? Director
1: Steve just asked this question, and yeah. I'm assuming he's not the only one out there that doesn't know. Yeah. But will you explain why you can't trade draft picks in Major League Baseball as opposed to in other sports?
2: I don't know that there's a reason. I mean, you just can't. I think it's against the – is it in the CBA? Yeah, no. I mean, it's just a rule. You yeah. can't do it. But even if you could, in theory, right, because um, you you now can trade um, – they changed a the rule where there are uh, those like
0: supplementary. Yeah, There are picks. some supplemental picks you could trade. I can't remember the
2: exact rule. So there are some supplementary picks that you can trade. But the point is, there's never a trade in baseball that involves that the key part. is Aaron any Savali kind of,
0: for a third round pick. Right. That, that, doesn't that happen. involves
2: there are what I can't remember now. There's a there, there are one segment of draft picks that you can trade, but it's never a key part of any kind of trade it's always a throw in when it happens now because they changed the rule a couple of years but yeah you can't trade I I don't know why I I think they originally put that in because they were worried that the big market teams who already have an advantage would just make such lopsided trades you know by trading draft picks I think that's why that was put in there originally um but there's never they, they just it just doesn't happen in baseball, you 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 just don't trade draft picks, and it's never it you know anyway go ahead Mike did you look something up?
1: No, I was trying to see that there's no like definition. I guess it's just in the CBA that Yeah, it is. You can't and I, trade again, draft picks. Again, I'm
2: pretty sure they did it because they didn't want the big market. The big market teams were already making one-sided trades. I mean, it's for been prospects. like
0: that forever. I don't forever, recall. Yeah. As long as I've been, I mean, I'm no. You've never been able to trade I've never seen Again,
2: recently they changed some rule that there's. I can't I, remember what I, it is. I now. think it has to do with like the
0: it's the money slots, isn't it? Or, or that's money, what you can trade. The money you can
2: trade. Um, money towards foreign players because there's a cap on that. Yeah. And you could trade that. It's not. true. I knew there was something in that realm that you could trade. Yeah. But that's never a key part of a trade, and you certainly don't trade draft picks in baseball. Um, so that's it. You can't. You just can't do it.
1: Steve Becker just sent us a little note that said, in, it, it happened in 1965 when they officially banned the trading of, of draft picks. And then in 1985, it got strengthened when, quote, in response to the Expos dumping first-rounder Pete in- Incavelia. Incavelia in a one-sided trade with the Rangers because he refused to sign with Montreal. Right, I remember so him. Been yeah. like that for a while.
2: Pete Incavelia had a huge chest. Yeah. Look at Google Pete and Camilla. He had a like, this big barrel <laughs> he, chest. He probably <laughs> hit <laughs>
0: 230 with 25 home runs. Which yeah, I mean, a lot there were a lot of guys then. like
2: that then who like, would hit 30 homers. Yeah. You had Rob Deere. Oh, yeah. You had Glenn Allen Hill. Big Glenn dude. Allen Hill, good he was huge, Pete and Camilla. Big dude.
1: He's now an assistant coach at Oklahoma State. What's well, Like,
2: he was a big dude when there weren't that many big dudes. Yeah. yeah. You're right. The big hairy chest was always hanging oh, out. Oh, yeah. With him. Right, right, right. Yep. right. Exactly. I'm so annoyed. I got. I only got seven out of nine in the Immaculate Grid today. I'm very upset. I'm
0: not as that. good at that as I thought I would be. I get annoyed. Every time I miss one, I quit. I, I'm done. Oh. <laughs> I just know get what? mad. I, I
1: screwed up. Just the, guess Edwin Jackson or Jeff Francor for every one. Or uh, probably going Cesar as Turris.
2: I played for like tw- a dozen teams also. But I, 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 when I saw the, did you see the one today? No. <laughs> so it was Giants 300 hitter. Does anybody mind if I spoil it? No. Or, no, spoil it. You so, if a Giants 300 hitter, career 300 hitter, I I put bonds. I was so sure. But that wasn't right. What? They got me with Bob
0: Gibson on that a couple Will Clark. weeks ago. I, I ended up – and I ended up guessing – I ended up doing um, – See, that's where I would stop. Yeah. As soon as I miss one, I'm out. I'm Yeah, done. no, I, 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 I stick annoyed. with it, but it pisses annoyed. me off. Yeah.
2: So, I ended up getting seven – uh, I, I don't like when I don't get the immaculate bracket. I'm very annoyed at myself.
0: I've never gotten all nine. I got
2: eight. Was the was the best. And now I've got nine. I've only been doing it for I think a week. I've got nine. Yeah, most you were eights. really late to
1: the party. I know. Very I, didn't know, I don't do. Know. You just do baseball. Or have you done the other ones too? I
2: tried the football one once, but it's not as good because it's not on. Why hasn't that one been bought by? I don't know another entity. You think sure. that would be more popular? I found this other game called Global. Have you seen this one? This is a game where it's just basically, to some degree, a guessing game, but you got to know geography. You pick a – there's a mystery country every day, and you you start by picking a random country, and then it, the country lights up in a different color based on how close you are to the, the actual mystery I country. I would be
0: horrible at that.
2: Yeah.
3: I'm, I'm learning into- all about the countries in Africa and Asia yeah, right now. I'm come awful on, with got, geography. Come on, man. It's Carmen San Diego. Y'all didn't play the game? Yeah, No. You, you like dilute the, lo- the warrant to the crook? I don't even know if he's speaking English right now. Where in the world is Carmen? Where Sandy? in the world is Carmen Sandiego? And they used to have to—they used to have you go. Was at a computer the computer game. It
0: was, it was like on a floppy disk. You Oh in. really? Oh but yeah. There
3: was a kids' show on PBS. Right, I remember that. And then yeah. you had to take the poll. Like you had this little thing. They'd be like, you had to go to South America. Uh, they go to Africa, and um, so anywhere but the United States. Yeah. But they, if they gave you that map of Southeast Asia, you're out of here. Like, I've seen two people win on Carmen San Diego. Yeah, too. that was this like all these little countries. The Middle East is tricky
2: with all those oh, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. 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 Anyway, yeah. Anyway, Mike, go yeah. ahead.
1: Alright, next topic coming up is, is, is about me. the Cleveland Cavaliers here guys. This came out a little earlier today. But Ty Jerome signed his contract out of the biannual vet minimum, which means they still have $3.6 million left to use on the mid-level exception. So with that question, I ask you guys this. The Cavs are $2.7 million away from the luxury tax threshold. Do you think they are done making moves this offseason?
0: I'll start with you, Jason. Go ahead. Yeah, I think they're done making any moves of significance. I don't... It would take another wacky sign-and-trade, which I guess is possible, but I, I think that they are well, pretty much...
2: Let me ask you this. With a sign-and-trade, yeah. you could go over the cap without paying the, the tax?
0: No. Oh, no. With A, a sign-and-trade just allows you to pay a person more money, Okay, but it still counts against your total tax number.
2: So they'd still they'd
0: go still, over the luxury tax? Well, unless they can match up enough salaries to keep them out oh, of the that's tax. that's true. Yeah, yeah. okay. They're so not like to bring bringing
1: ta- they traded Jetty so they could make the salary work. Right,
0: exactly. So they're not going to be a tax-paying team this year. They should not be. I don't think they should. Be. I think it's the right move to wait another year. And I've said it before, if you're going to go into the tax, you don't want to go into the tax by a million. Right. right. Now, you could sign someone that you, you don't pay the tax. and You're not technically a tax-paying team till the end of the year. Right. So you can make a move now and then have the trade deadline to try and get yourself out of the tax.
2: That's risky, though. It's
0: hard to do yeah. that because teams know what you're doing, and the price goes up right, to, right, to right. dump money at that point. So it is possible to go into the tax now and then get out of the tax by the trade deadline, but it is very risky, and, and it's teams have done it. Yeah. T- plenty of teams have done it over the years. Is Kevin
2: Love's money still on the books for no. this year? no. Because it was a buyout? It's gone. Well,
0: last year was last year. Oh, was yeah, last year, year was his last year. That was
2: is his there, last year. His who, so, who else is coming off the books at the end of this year?
0: At the end of this year? Yeah. I don't know if there really Give is any one big sec. dollar. I don't think there is any big what dollar. What was
2: LeVert's ex- – LeVert? LeVert was two
0: years. Two years. So, they're trying okay. to keep everything clean by the end. They want everything, I think, to end for Mobley. I need to look. I need to look. But, yeah, Mo- when Mobley g- gets signs, his big extension is when they are a tax-paying team. Which and is in two years? He or? has – I think his, I think his extension kicks in when Levertz comes off. I think, but I'd have to, I'd have to look at the numbers. I don't and, know off the top of my head.
2: And uh, Donovan Mitchell has two years left,
0: correct? Donovan, all right, you're throwing us. Sorry, sure I get this go straight. ahead, Mike. Check Donovan this out. Donovan has two years of control and then a player option year, right? Which he'll opt out of. I would imagine he would opt out. Yeah, I would imagine happens. he. So he has two years of team yeah. control left.
2: So, is it fair to say? Would you say there's less than a 20% t- chance Donovan Mitchell is on the Cavs for the 24-25 season?
0: Less than a 20% that's a lot of numbers. Less yeah. than a 20% chance two years from now? Yes. I'd say it's less than 50, but I don't. I won't say less than 20. Okay. So but I think, think it's less than – it depends on how this year goes. This is right. a massive year. Hmm. If right. they get to the conference finals – And they're rolling, and they feel good about where they're at, and he feels good about everything around him, yeah, he could stay for sure. Okay. And then I think you need to have – like, technically he could sign an extension now. He's not going to, but he could. Right. But, you know, if next year goes well, you can have that conversation with him, and maybe you tear up the last bit on his deal, and you get him to sign a new deal. Could you
2: have max deals with – I mean, I guess you'd be gone from Allen at that point. Once they're in your house – You can do that. You can do whatever you want. So, so Mike, how many years does Allen have left on his contract?
1: Jared Allen has. He signed. F- he's an under. He has this season and then two more. Oh, two. Well, more. he has this season, the following season, and then the following season. So two more after yeah. this year,
2: correct? So in theory, they could be paying max contracts in two years to Mobley, Garland, Mitchell, and still be paying Allen twenty bucks, uh, twenty million. Yes. And- it's, yes, doesn't matter. It doesn't because matter because they're their own guys.
0: Once you're in house, you can pay these guys whatever you want to keep yeah. them, and and they will be an exorbitant tax-paying team, right? But that's okay. Like well, they're, it's okay they're worth, if
2: they're competing for a championship, right?
0: And they're willing to pay it. Like yeah. they're willing, and then when you get to the repeat offender stuff, that's when you got really hard decisions to make. And the and and where I, the Cavs get screwed, and the thing that could stop all of this is that second. Tier of tax-paying teams, and and I don't know. We it's too early to say what mm-hmm. that number is going to be and how that would impact them down the road. But that second threshold is like teams are trying to stay away from that at all costs. So that could be prohibitive to what they're trying to do. But in terms of, you can sign them to whatever deal you want once they're in house, and, G- it's,
3: and it's extension-wise. G, you think they're going to spend money on a player right now? No, uh they're not going to spend money on a player. Um, and, you know, frankly, I, you know, unless it's some blockbuster deal that's going to put them over the top, like that is not going to come around every once in a in, in blue moon. I don't see anybody on the market that'll, that'll really make that much of a difference. Um, so I think they'll stay pat and, you know, right now, this is the time period where you're hoping there's a level of development, right? Um, you know, I look at Garland, and I look at Mobley, right? I, the development period is for those guys um, to, to come with something different in their game. Um, you know, I, you people laugh and joke all the time. Uh, you know, you say, Isaiah Mobley, where did he get that game from? But his brother got to have that. His brother got to have, uh, like, a, a, a renaissance. Because at this point, you're, you you went out and made the move for Donovan Mitchell, now, the guys that you have identified and hit on,
1: mm-hmm. it's
3: time for them to make the strides in, in, in their, their individual personal game. And, and so you look to see if uh, Darius Garland comes back and he's more efficient. I would like to see Darius Garland. People talk about Mobley. I'd like to see Darius Garland put a little couple pounds of muscle on too. He's slider of frame. The that whole for, first part of the year, he got knocked around, starting with against Toronto. So, you know, I, I would like to see Jared Allen. He's a wiry guy. There's no reason Jared Allen sh- should not be coming back five to 10 pounds heavier. Like, 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 like he's not he's not a shooter. He's look, he's he, he look He looks like, okay. Yeah, that frame. He could put 510 on. I, I believe that he should be coming back a little bit stronger and a little bit tougher and I don't even need him to work on his regular game. I need him to be working with the sports psychologist I need to been been working with some people to, like, say, look, man, you, you, you're a guy that played in Brooklyn before. What do you mean the lights is too bright? You're in Cleveland. This ain't no, this light. This is this not the Knicks. So he need to go through and, and try to figure out what's going on with that. And then, you know, for Donovan Mitchell, you know, he had one of the best years of his career um, here in Cleveland. but Until it mattered. You got to, like, at, at some point in time, you got to look at yourself and be like, look, if I'm that guy, um, why would the? and by the way, he wants to go to New York, but Jalen Brunson is, is doing all right. He's doing all right. They got people out there. like you see what I'm saying? They got guys that is performing now. For him to hit that next level, he gotta you know it's, and it's hard because I think him and J, him, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, the, the, the younger guys in that little middling era, like none of them have broken through. Like it, if you look at who's been the, at the top of the food chain for years, it's still the Kevin Durant's It's still the LeBron's. Um, Jokic is, is, is an older player, but somebody got to win something for them to break through. And I think jumping from team to team ain't really going to do you no good. Cause if Donovan Mitchell go to New York, they're not going to be no favorite to win nothing. I, I'm not picking the Knicks if they, if they go to New York in two years. So. I guess it depends on what the rest of the East. Depends looks on like what it looked like. At that time.
2: Jason, have you heard anything about players conditioning this off offseason? Uh, any rumblings about that at all? Conditioning? Like, yeah, like is Mobley working on putting on weight? Is, is Garland getting Oh, together?
0: I haven't. I haven't checked into that. Yeah. I mean, it's the. You'll get those stories when everyone everyone's right. in the best shape of their life. This guy put on fifteen. It's the best shape of the life season Right, right, right. Yeah. in October. I don't really care. What much.
3: the best shape of your life season? That's hilarious.
0: It's that's everybody talks about that in the preseason and the weight that they put on the right. diet and changes. I don't.
3: And the only person that really come back looking different is LeBron. You,
0: you know what I want Mobley to do? Fix your shot. I don't care. He does need to get bigger. Yeah. I'm talking to Evan. I'm not Isaiah. Evan needs to get bigger and stronger for sure.
3: You got to differentiate that now because you know Isaiah. Well, because his... you keep talking about Isaiah. <laughs>
0: You're the only one. You keep talking about... <laughs> but Evan needs to fix the shot. Yeah. He's got, he, that's what I want. That's why I hope he's working on. I'm sure he is working on. If He's got to take a step as a shooter next year.
1: Mike? Chris Fedor put out an article in uh, Cleveland.com. as two potential guys that Cavs may still have interest in who are still available on the free agency market. That's Kelly Oubre, Jr., the athletic wing from Charlotte, and Christian Wood, the stretch four slash five out of Dallas. Assuming either of those two would be willing to take a major pay cut and a discount on a short one-year deal for 3 million dollars to fit yeah. under the luxury tax. Would you guys have any interest well, in
2: either of those two? Mike, why don't you tell the folks what you said to us about both of those guys, the concerns of both of those guys?
1: Yeah, I mean, if I asked myself that question, I would say no. I don't think either's a great right. fit. Dallas traded legitimate assets to get Christian Wood this past season. Had him for one year, and we're like, yeah, no, we're okay. You could you could walk yeah. away for nothing. That to me is the ultimate very telling uh, yeah. telling sign, exactly. And yeah. I don't think, even though his skill set theoretically fits pretty well next to Mobley and or Jared Allen, I just don't trust a guy like that who had a team give up things for him, have him in house at a position of desperate need. And then just be like, nah, you're okay. You, you right. can walk in free agency. And uh, Kelly, I just don't love the fit. He's a non-shooting three. He's better than a Currow, Don't get me wrong. But I just don't trust his ability. He's been on four teams now in six years. And he's been on a couple of good teams. That's a bad sign. And he hasn't stuck on the good teams. He scored 20 points last year in Charlotte. They had three players average 20 points per game. Someone had to score on that team. I don't think it's a great fit. I don't think he'd take $3 million either. But even if he would, I don't really like either of those two as – Truly beneficial upgrades. Yeah, is he better than Akuro? Maybe, but I, I just don't think it makes the Cavs any better. What
2: about, you know, a couple of weeks ago we talked about um, Bridges. Which is the Bridges that was suspended all of last year?
1: Miles Bridges. Miles re- Bridges. Re- renegotiated with Charlotte. Oh, he did? Yeah. Okay. Well, then that's not the one And again, you
0: don't have to sign him for $3 million. You could You can sign him for more and execute some sort of sign-and-trade with Charlotte for Oubre, say, but... Uh, and I was just trying to pull up a salary, like Ricky Rubio, six million. Six? I can't read my own. Would you yeah, rather six. have
2: Rubio or Ubre?
0: I don't know. What's Rubio look like? The Rubio of last year, I guess I'd well, take Ubre. Yeah. But if but they still need a backup point guard.
2: Right, and I mean I know he's a high older, level a but he was. Before but, he got hurt, I'm you just think throwing two years later now.
0: I, yeah, I'm just throwing a name out of yeah, like no, that's I, how you do a sign and trade. Right. But then you got to give Charlotte like they're out of trade assets, so now yeah. you got to give Charlotte. If Charlotte really want a second round pick to take on six million to Ricky Rubio, if they feel like they could flip him and get something else for him maybe, but that's how you sort of right execute a sign and trade, and that's how you wind up paying guys more than just the three million that you have left slotted. You can you can get creative with it. I just don't think it's realistic of, for right. where they're at.
2: What What do you think the chances are that Ricky Rubio can be the player we saw the first half of, la- of two seasons ago? I,
0: very, I don't think that's gone. That's gone. But I think he can be better than what he showed you last year. Like, There's a lot of room in between that's where true. he was and two years ago and where he was last year. There's quite a bit of a gap in there. So I do think that he can help this team. Like a veteran backup point guard who doesn't need the ball in his hands – to produce like is exactly what they cuz they've got two ball dominant guards now. If you've got Ricky who can come in and give these guys a blow and and can distribute and knows how to run the offense, that could be a really nice weapon if he's right. And yeah. I just I just he was so bad last year. Yeah. Like I went in last year thinking, all right, well, you know, it's going to take him a year, whatever. Right. But he was so bad last year that it does make you question whether he's Man, got anything. Like, he is is he,
3: has he gone off the cliff? I mean, has he, that injury pushed him off? The we'll
0: cliff? know. Yeah, we'll know fairly early on right. this year.
3: I mean, he he's torn his ACL twice, twice. right? And when you tear it, when and you in your thirties, that's different. Like, it's I, a short list of guys who've been able to come back from that. Because you know, you, because basically, what you do is you lose all explosiveness. So, like, if you're a guard and you're depending on getting by people, you, you got a guard, you do a, sw- a lot of switching on the top of the perimeter. That's rough, man. Um, I don't know if you got nothing left. But I know um, I know they got a shooter somewhere. Sam Merrill, where you at, dog? Can they hide him defensively? <laughs> Sam Merrill, what's up, baby? Speaking of end, get of, the the be- be- speaking of, end of the bench,
2: guys, who so you can get for a very little money, did the Cavs bring Lamar Stevens back after he got cut? I, I wouldn't hate that, although there might be a rule. There used to be a rule,
3: right? If you raise a guy, it was the Drunis rule. Yeah, because the Cavs was doing that every week. I think <laughs> I think
0: he's off limits to them for a year. Oh, yeah. okay. I think.
3: Or was it the, the was it the very shot?
0: They was in, no, it was the because the they traded Zadrunas to get Antoine Jameson. Washington that. bought him out, and yeah. he came right back. Yeah. Right. And yeah. after yeah. that yeah. is when yeah. they they. Why would the rule. they? But I was
2: like, who cares?
0: Because it was happening quite a bit.
2: Yeah. But so what it's only happening with like, you know, not great players right
0: now. They the league frowned upon because mm-hmm. it was like, like the Cavs got Jamison for, for nothing, nothing. Yeah. right? Yeah, or a first clear. round. The I think they gave up a first round pick. Like, it, it's that's like not nothing. That's not nothing. No. No. Well,
3: it, the new rule should be called the Otani because I'll show sure would do that. I would tell him I'm going to give you 750 million. We'll trade you for these, these, uh, these prospects. See what I did there. Kyle, Kyle yeah. I didn't say picks. I said prospects Hey. Uh, I'm going to trade you for a bunch of double A guys <laughs> yeah. and we're going to get a full farm system. And then you're going to come back for 750. Now the, the thing is somebody might just like the Dodgers might be like, "Nah, we're not going out without that. Like, so we might offer him a billion dollars. Yeah.
0: I don't think it's getting to a billion, but he is going to get, he's worth and, every and penny again, He gets once you try and I'm, I think I agree with the idea of trading him because I don't think he's coming back. But once you trade him, it's really hard to get that guy to come back. Right. It's it's a Carlos Boozer situation where you're taking a guy at his word or whatever. But it I, is. I
2: wonder how often teams have traded guys in that situation and then tried to get them back. Uh, I, I
1: mean I don't know. Well, in they baseball. definitely did with Boozer, right? That's for sure. No, well, Boozer
2: Boozer was different.
0: Boozer wasn't a trade. It they actually like they restricted, it right? was actually illegal. What the Cavs did was basically illegal. Yeah. And they let him out of this contract to restructure. I don't remember all the details. I was talking to someone about that uh, a few months ago, and basically they knew right away, as soon as they let him out of the deal, they knew they were screwed, that he he had no – like, this was –
2: He just lied to them. He that. just lied to them. Yeah. He just lied
0: to them. Uh,
2: but in terms of baseball, obviously we saw it with Chapman. The Yankees traded him to the Cubs. Mm-hmm. The Cubs didn't try to re-sign him, and the Yankees brought him back. Brought him back. Uh, I wonder, though – It's
3: That's the exception. That's right, not but I normal. wonder
2: how often – teams have tried to do that.
3: And then the guy was like, no, you traded or try to be or, or no, they literally go to him and be like, listen, this is what we're trying yeah, to but do. We want to resign you. We, after. we, we go I'm to, guessing that hasn't
2: happened. Here's much. the
0: thing. Players don't trust teams. And teams don't trust players. Yeah, like, uh, yeah. you have of no idea there's no guarantee, yeah. but if you're the how Angels, much distrust there is on the each agents, side.
2: You, you can't let him just walk for nothing. I agree. The guy's the best player in baseball. If you're
0: not 90% confident or more that you're going to get him back, I think you
2: yeah. have to deal him. Yeah. But I hope he doesn't go to the Yankees. The I predicted the Yankees not to make the playoffs. Now, I had some other baseball predictions this year that were awful, including I picked Alec Manoa to win the Cy Young. <laughs> Whoops. Uh, <laughs> Oops, but I picked the Yankees to not make the playoffs on my podcast before the season. I don't know if I said it on the show. And uh, a lot of people tell me you're out of your mind now. I- I'm not right yet, but yeah. as of now, they're out it's of the playoffs, yeah. And they look like a complete mess. I think the Angels would trade them to the National League. I would think. I think they'd want to. Yeah. The Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers make a lot of sense. Yes. Even though the Padres stink, you never know with them. But Correct. I don't know that they have any prospects left. They've made a lot of trades in recent years. I, I think the Yankees would just try to outbid people. But the Yankees don't have a great farm system. The Dodgers have a huge payroll and a great farm system. Yep. They have a lot they can throw at the Angels. Yep. Now, do they want a, him playing in Los Angeles for another team? Probably not.
0: Probably would
2: not They'd trade him. They'd probably rather go to the East Coast in the National League.
0: Would you rather trade him to an American League team or yeah. the Dodgers? Probably an American League team in, their, in their case.
2: Yeah, especially if it's you know non-division which yeah. You yeah that mean. would suck that'd be terrible uh um, like, yeah you're right but like who I, in terms of the national League who I could see trading for them I could see the Dodgers doing it I'm not I don't think the Giants have a great farm system but I could see them doing it they're in they're a playoff team I think I right don't know now I know far,
0: I don't know I know farm systems that well um
2: oh nobody in the, the nobody the in the central the Cubs are not good enough to trade for him. And the Do you think are, the uh,
1: Angels would entertain an offer of Isaiah Mobley, Amani Bates, <laughs> a future second-round pick, <laughs> and Craig Porter Jr. for Otani? It's close. It, I don't know if I
3: want to give up uh, Porter Jr. That's too much. Yes, want, did that uh, put him over? I
1: will give him Shreve Cooper. We'll keep Porter Jr. Yeah, we'll give get him Cooper. Cooper. yeah,
3: he averaged 27 points, right? We'll give him. Uh, and we'll throw Logan Allen in. That's a that's a fair deal, bro. And a, and love, a
1: future second-round baseball draft pick.
2: I would love to do a segment, Mike, <laughs> where we ask fans to propose Guardians trades for Shohei Ohtani, and I would like to see how many fans come up with trades that – I know the Guardians are not going to do it, but trades that actually the Angels would listen to in, re, in real life. For Ohtani, or should we open up for everybody? What do you mean? Like
1: – Guardians trade fans. No, just for Otani, because
2: that's, you know, he's a special guy. Like, you, I don't realize, I don't know if people realize how much you'd have to give up to get him. Like, in theory, if the Guardians wanted Otani, they would probably have to trade
3: Bybee and Williams. Yes. And more. Yes. Nah, not if you did it like this. Yeah. Tell him, my guy, Jose Ramirez, on the line. Boom. Well, that doesn't make sense. What you mean? It doesn't make sense because...
2: Otani's going to leave after one year, and now you've traded away your your best
0: player. But I'm
3: just play. saying, you say give me something they but listen well, what to. What would the Angels want? Is that's the that's the, that's, that's the, true. Okay, <laughs> so okay. Yeah. Well, they would. He they got would, you.
1: So, he just put you in a mental pretzel right there. No, no, that's a good
2: point. The G's right. Obviously, the Guardians wouldn't do that, but yes. If you offered them Jose Ramirez, who's locked up at a cheap rate. Oh,
3: oh, they they consider that. You'd still have to give up more than Jose Ramirez, who's I, a top 10 player in baseball. You'd still have to give up you, more. You can give up Jose Ramirez, and you can give up Bobby. And then. The Angels would want more. And we'll give them Valero.
1: I still think they'd want more.
0: I don't know. I mean, that Jose contract is the best in baseball. I, I
3: think about it that. It is the best That's in baseball. That's
1: a cold trade I gave you and Bobby. The, and
3: this
2: is fantasy land that we're in. <laughs> yes. But. I I think if you offered them Ramirez and Williams, they would do it. The Angels. I think that's probably, I think I think that's close. That that's close. Ramirez and Williams, you got a deal. Now again, the Guardians would, would never do that. Do that. Would
3: never. <laughs> but that but Ever. but think about it. Ever. All the McNuggets, all the rest of them teams, right? They got a list of seventy-five people. They got to put together. The Guardians can put two out there. Now I'm not. I'm not sure that would be enough. I. They, it's the best. But that was. I'm not. They might. They save. They would save, six hundred million. It, it just might, from the Ramirez it might contract. might take
2: Jose Bybee, and Williams. I.
3: I don't know. I don't I'm know. Not a, I'm I mean that, that Ramirez.
2: I, that Ramirez contract is. is it's the, the best in baseball. It is the uh, the not pre-arbitration. Yeah. It's the best contract in baseball. And how
3: many more years
2: he got? A <laughs> hundred. He's got quite a few. <laughs> but, but Come on, McNuggets. That's the deal. But it's not, like, it it's not going to his late 30s, though. No. I think he's got But going to his mid-30s. I don't know. Four years left.
3: Yeah, Boy, yeah. you get old toddy.
2: You anyway, get old. Uh, let's, so let's rephrase that because G found the actually, flaw in the system. you can't even do that because Jose's got no trade clause. Well, but we're, we're saying just would the Angels take him. I mean, yeah, that was his point. Yeah, we, and he's right. But I would like to see fans come up with, not involving Jose Ramirez. What days are you trade. on the show next week? I'm actually off all next week. So... <laughs> <laughs> great, yeah, great I'm, idea, Bob.
3: I'm actually off to training camp.
2: I'm off <laughs> next week and the first two days of the following week, and then I'm on so every so day. So you're the basically of the off yeah.
3: through the trade deadline. Yes,
2: yes, the, the guys are gone. No, I'll be back. Uh, you're basically off through the trade deadline. Yeah, you're off
1: to the deadline. Yeah, you're off to the. Deadline. I am. I'm not back <laughs> I will do it tomorrow. We will do it tomorrow. I might have
2: to switch up some of my days <laughs> off with, with Steve. We will, listen, I don't think I should miss the trade deadline. I didn't think about that. Because if you
3: you're you here, we're blowing right through it. And <laughs> no, no, we'll do it tomorrow. We'll do it tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. We'll yeah. do it tomorrow.
1: I'm gonna add it to my list. No, right but now I may work those first that Monday and two, or
2: one of those days of the trade deadline, and and take off some other day or something, because I don't want to miss the whole trade deadline. I don't know why I hadn't really thought about that. But
1: bad job out of you. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. Anyway, uh, let's talk about quarterback. And so, before we do that, yeah.
1: I wanna remind everybody that if you're not already a member of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show, frankly, what are you waiting for? For just a buck ninety nine a month, you become a starters tier member that gets you loyalty badges, custom emojis, and members only community posts. For $4.99, you become a coaches tier member that gets you all those same starter tier perks, plus overtime videos, member shout outs, and much, much more. Also hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, help us out. We appreciate all you guys very dearly for supporting us here on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. So, so we've talked about the fact
2: that there's this new documentary on Netflix called Quarterback. Um, who, for those of you who haven't watched it, it's fantastic. It's, it's you know, to, just to have a frame of reference, it's kind of, Uh, hard knocks-esque except it only follows three specific players on three different teams this year this first season of it there is good they just announced it's going to be a second season they follow patrick mahomes kirk cousins and marcus Mariota. in other words a star quarterback a solid starting nfl quarterback and a guy who's fighting for his starting nfl career or career period um it's produced nfl films is involved peyton manning's production company is involved i can't remember what the name of the company omaha, omaha production so that's it they're involved it is extremely well done uh guys i know you've watched it i've watched it mike's watched it uh i've seen the whole thing i thought it was fantastic um i did fast forward a little bit through some of the afc championship stuff because that was a little too depressing to watch <laughs> but i I, yeah. I thought that i mean the the stuff with Mahomes in particular. For those who may not have watched the whole thing, when you see some of the stuff with Mahomes, first of all, he calls everybody "dog." Did you notice that? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah. Hey, I was, dog. Hey, I, dog. I was
0: actually watching it one and a half speed, trying yeah. to catch up because <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of hard to keep up with the yeah. dialogue when you put it at one and a half speed. Yeah. But I was trying hey man, to crank hey, through hey, some hey, of hey, this. A
3: hey, good rush, nine two. Yeah. Good <laughs> rush, nine two. Yeah, and hey,
2: that's a good one right there. He, like. he, he was getting pissed at Max Fry. but some of the insight into. What happened in the AFC Divisional round when he got hurt against Jacksonville. And Crazy. He's on, the, he's on the sideline. Like, they don't even know if his ankle is broken. Yeah. He can barely put any weight on it. And he's on the sideline. Reed's telling him, we're going to gonna take you out. And he's like, no. no, no. Going? I yeah, mean, like, yeah. I, I don't know. How, like, I know he's competition. I get it. I certainly get it as a Bengals fan and as a Browns fan. All right? I get it. It's impossible not to like that guy. Totally agree. Right? I mean, how can you, especially after you watch this, he's impossible not to like. Everything about
3: him is awesome. Um, so the thing I get back from the most of it is, you know, people sometimes get mad about the, the type of money do these dudes make. But just go back and watch through the episodes and watch just how much outside stuff, like outside the facility, not during practice. Like these guys, when, when, when Mahomes was going to his trainer, and he was doing it during the season—three, Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Yeah. He's in there running full sprints and clock times and all kinds of crazy all kind things. of crazy, yeah, yeah. Bending. like this stuff. I'm like, this is on, on the outside, and I'm like, bro, they do. Kirk Cousins is is is. has electrodes on his head and he's training his brain training his brain how Uh, many times did
2: Kirk Kirk Cousins man you hear him on the field just like screaming in pain yeah yeah that's like so like you don't think about that as someone who didn't play but that was one of my big takeaways
1: from this yeah was seeing and you always hear and gee you played so you know this I, I never played football outside of second grade so I can't speak on this the little Knicks, knacks, and hits that add up over the course of a seventeen-game season. Especially when you're getting hit by two hundred fifty to three hundred to three hundred fifty-pound dudes, there was a scene in the first episode when Mahomes was playing against the Raiders and Max Crosby. Yeah, like punched just him kept in the head. Kind of hitting him a yeah. little after the whistle. and was playing mind games. And the one time he just punched him. Yeah, like in the arm after the thing. And Mahomes is like, and I don't want to curse, but he's like, dude, you can hit me. Don't don't punch me like that. And he came back. Kirk Cousins was never on the injury list last season for the Vikings. He was never listed as questionable. He was never listed as doubtful. He was probable most of the time, but very rarely even showed no, up no on the problem. injury report. No They don't do
2: probable anymore. So he wasn't on the injury report yeah. whatsoever.
1: And he talked about week after week spending 10 to 15 hours with trainers outside of the facility in his own home, just getting his well, body ready to Well, he had those to chiropractors
2: prepare. to come to his
1: house. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. Hours and hours with people yeah. outside the facility on his own after practice, after working with the trainers. So those guys take. Just a beat. to get his body ready. And I gotta to play. say, uh,
2: because you know I always gotta go back there. I, I, I was thinking the exact same thing. Go ahead it and say is it. So, for all the excuses that were made for Baker playing like shit when he hurt his shoulder, that I feel even more vindicated saying. You're on the field. You got to play. Yeah. Because we didn't hear excuses for other guys. Kirk Cousins. Now, listen, they lost in the playoffs. What he can you do? He threw a
1: past three Kirk yards. Kirk Cousins fourth played. And had a
2: great season last year. And he had the shit beat out of him. I mean, he was
3: effed there, up the whole year. There was, like, I was, I, I just forgot about this. Yeah. I was watching Kirk Cousins on the thing. Yeah. And I was sitting there getting emotional. And I don't, I, I was like, man, what the hell is wrong? I was by myself. I'm just trying to get through yeah. the episodes. I'm like, man why am I acting like that like like emotional and and it's because like when he was doing all that training stuff yeah like I remember I used to be hurt and have to go do all these different things and get your knee drained and all these other getting your knee scoped and all these different surgeries that you had or back or neck and I was I was sitting there thinking and remember to myself I was like bro I thought of something just wrong with me like I just thought like right. like you know like like am I not tough enough am I not like I should be able to go out and just play without doing all this stuff. And then it just hit me like when I was watching it. Nah, man, like, and I knew this, but everybody go through it. And it's the mental, like, I thought I was just mentally screwed up because I'm like, bro, I shouldn't, I I don't like this. I'm always with the trainers. I got to do all this other stuff. It's just crazy. I just want to play. Remember, you think about the times when you could just get up and just go do what you wanted to. And then when you see him and you see guys at that next level, you realize, not nah, that's every player. Everybody has these injuries, and it's the mental grind that just wears you down where you just, some days you don't know how you got it. Like, he's, he yeah. was sitting there saying, hey, Tuesday, I don't know how I'm going to play. Right. And by <laughs> Thursday, he's out here throwing the football.
2: Right.
0: Crazy.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah it, 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 it's amazing what these guys go through. And So you are going to say the same thing, like, the Baker excuses seem so ridiculous now. That's
0: first thing I thought of. Yeah, when you're talking about all the work yeah. that these these guys have to do, and the one thing about Mahomes that was interesting, I'm going to mess this up. His trainer was talking about he only loses three percent of motion, and the most guys lose twenty percent. That was wild.
2: All was, the neck training, all the neck training, spine training, training. And, spine training and the machines that he uses.
0: Yeah, it looks to, so weird. Yeah, to like get gain flexibility, and how much baseball helps right. his hips, and how little range of motion he loses compared to most people. Right. And that's what helps We've him with some of these unorthodox it, throws. Stuff, right? Yeah, it was I mean, wild. It, it,
2: it, the trainer seems like a little bit of an odd duck. Most of them are. Yeah. That's <laughs> so
1: about about that trainer, yeah. my sports director when I was in Texas, yeah. so the Jimmy Donovan to Nick Camino here, I was Nick Camino. Yeah. He uh, he worked in Tyler and covered Mahomes in high school. Right. And he says that he did a story when Mahomes went to Texas Tech on that trainer. And this is before he had moved to Kansas City and, right. and built this massive facility that's essentially awesome. Mahomes' playhouse.
2: Right. I'm sure he trains other people, but
1: it's yeah, he does. But yeah. it's, it's when Mahomes comes in, it's Mahomes' playhouse, right, right, and then yeah. when he's not there, everyone else can come in. And he did a story when he was working in East Texas in Tyler, and Mahomes went to White House, Texas White House High School, which is right outside Tyler. It was like an old barn that he turned into a a workout shed like that, but yeah. obviously not that extreme. And he was like, after I worked out with or after I went into that story, I was like, This dude's a loony bin. He's got no freaking clue what he's talking about. He was talking about neck movement and sp- it's like if Mahomes trusts him, and this is the best high school player I've ever who seen. Who said like, this
2: guy's crazy?
1: My my sports director. Well, well, how his, would he know? Because he grew up playing football as a quarterback in high school and then seeing these guys do this drills that he had never even thought of. Well, just because they're new doesn't mean they're wrong. My my point, what yeah. I'm getting at is he may be loony. Yeah. He's right. Wrong. Whatever he's doing is working, but he came out. Well, this is before Mahomes. Right, this you. was when Mahomes was in high school before he made a mark at Texas you. Tech. Okay, and he's like, "Why is he doing this kind of stuff? Yeah. This makes no sense." I'm 10 years older than him. I played, you know, yeah. high school football in Texas the, at a big time high, high school. Yeah, and I've never Bauer done anything like that. Yeah, type
0: stuff with pitchers. It's yeah, different. Baseball. Doesn't different.
3: It, see see this is it, now. I'm the, I know I can't be the only one that I think about this. When they was going doing all this stuff, what they be doing? Did it cross your mind? You'd be like, what is Joshua Watson doing? I wonder what it, is he doing this level stuff? Is he, is he what, I, I what,
0: didn't think about that, but I, it's a good he, question. I mean, he, galliv- he, do- he was gallivanting through Europe.
3: like you, you and, and you like, which is fine. I don't want to, no, I don't no, no, no. that came I, out wrong. But, These guys are entitled but, to
0: their time. But, off. Yeah. but, but they, and, and, they need to enjoy their time. I wasn't
3: off. going, but what I was saying was at the level that we want to go or the level we want to get to and these guys are standing in front of you. Yep. You ask yourself, "All right, he has to be doing at least right. this type if of level work. If the best
2: quarterback in football is doing this, that, that we well, have, if I want to get compete with him, I got to do even
3: more." And I came away thinking after the thing, "Oh, we in trouble." Not not everybody, but like yeah. not just us. Everybody. It's like watching like Michael Jordan like you know, come from Space Jam and getting hoop, hoop, hoop hooping and doing like he—they're at that level. When I see him working out that many times during the week, even after he's injured, I said that's crazy. You're doing three hard yeah. workouts. It is insane how he came back.
1: The fact he played in the playoffs after that ankle thing right. is the and, dumbest, and most in absurd the thing. Game ever. a week
2: later, didn't even look hurt at all. I'm sure he was affected by it. We I mean, talked about he it. He didn't hurting, look hurt at no. all in that game.
1: He said mentally, I had to tell myself it didn't hurt, and so many times to like convince right. myself I just wasn't in pain. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want to talk about with Mahomes, and we'll get into a little bit of the Mariota stuff, which yeah. I could have done without. But when they talked about the process in practice of coming up with some of their diabolical plays, like the Pokemon play they ran in the Super that was Bowl. Wild. Yeah. I'm curious, and Jason, I'm, I wonder if you know. Mahomes talk, and Kelsey talked about this, too, on a different podcast, show, but it, it lined up. They have a period in practice every week where players can come in with trick plays and present it to Andy Reid. They'll run it, and if Reid likes it, they'll try to, to like tweak it but put it in the play. Well, if yeah.
2: Reid and Mahomes like it. Yeah. yeah. It, but I'm saying right, if it gets right, yeah.
1: approved, but, like, anyone can come in. An offensive lineman can come in with a play. Encourages he encourages the players, the players, to, players to kind of come up ball. with That's plays. That's crazy. Is that – commonplace around the nfl no. is that an andy Reid special
0: i haven't heard of that before it just i'm now again i spent most of my career around the nba not the nfl but i in the last few years i've been around the nfl i have not heard of that it doesn't mean it's not happening i could I actually i could see kevin being open to something like that he should be every coach should be yeah i could see that because he's he actually is very collaborative but I haven't heard of any specific period. Yeah. I'll ask around. I'll, I'll poke around on that and see if that's common the, the, or not. It
1: just seems really cool that he, Andy Reid, maybe one of, if not a top Mount Rushmore level offensive mind in the history of the sport. Yeah, It's like, hey, if you have an idea, let me see it. If I right. like it, we'll figure out a way to make I, it work.
3: I, I thought it was fascinating to see. I mean, the, their wives are very – in two, like, the, their wives are really in tune to what they're doing. Like, I thought it was crazy that Marcus Mariota's wife was sitting there with him every Tuesday, like... Studying the... I studying yeah. the play, like, like, XJY Butterfinger Dip Turbo 5 race car on 3. You're like, what? And and these guys, these are new calls every week. They're not like... The, these are made-up calls. They yeah. make them up. Then you have to learn them by I, I, you Sunday. You I mean to be a quarterback
2: you, you, you have to be super smart you, you have to have a great memory you got to you, you got to be self motivated yeah and you, the difference between great and good uh, somebody was saying this the other day I don't remember who was saying this yeah, it's I, so small who like, said that who the other said day? that got, uh, was gut, it Mark, because like think about it and and your processing speed and that and that like how do you know that about a quarterback when you draft him or you trade for him because your ability to process what you're seeing
3: and the guys who could do it quicker are going to be better. I mean, that's a huge. They're all putting thing. in the, and the crazy thing is they're all putting in the same amount of time. You yeah. see him
0: except for Johnny Manziel.
3: <laughs> He's so. floating around on a duck at any time. That guy, uh, but it goes, you go, but that's the difference between college and pros because all of them play well in college. But for you to be able to sit there and that's why it's hard when people say we got to, we got to, you know, is a quarterback smart enough to handle the playbook or smart enough to have a grasp on it. Now think about it. He wasn't even talking about audibles. Like he was talking about Kirk Cousins was talking about there's a play where I should have got out of that play because he's like, but in the one time during the series, he said, um, I just forgot that to, to call right, out I the remember. tight ends. Yeah. I, I forgot the last part. And I was like, whatever. Yeah, like why? Whatever, yeah. whatever. Everybody works. And it worked because everybody else knew the position. Yeah, right. And I said to think like how many bad teams have you probably been on where a quarterback goes in forgets half of what's going to happen and the receiver runs the wrong route. Like right. you, things like that have to happen all the time, right? Man, it's fascinating. Who would we
2: like to see on uh on this show next year? Who would
1: you be? And it has to year? be in three tiers. A star?
2: Yeah, I'll give you mine. Obviously, I'm biased on the fir- on well, the first and third on this. I'd like to see uh Joe Burrow, Daniel Jones, and then Baker Mayfield.
3: That would, to me, would be fascinating to see that those three. Ooh, i listen. I'm gonna be. This is a cheat code, so I I, I also want to see Joe Burrow just because I think he like people follow him like the Pied Piper, so I like to see him. But then I'd like to throw a curveball. I'm like, well, he was a great quarterback. We think he can believe Deshaun Watson is that middle spot. Like, I want to see if he get back to where he's supposed to be at. Like. Like, I don't think they're I think because of the off the field stuff that it's not going to happen but I wouldn't you, He's just, you radioactive. just ask who do you want to see but you C- telling me you want to see Watson that, that oh is, yeah I would that, see it that too, is but, that yeah. is blockbuster yeah. and then to, to clean it up we just say well listen the guy he took over for is radioactive too we got Baker Burrow Deshaun Watson and Baker I mean, that would be I'm massive watching every night ratings. I'm watching every night yeah
0: I like Burrow. I would like to see Josh Allen too. Yeah. I really like the Baker one. I like Derek Derek Carr. I'd like to see Derek, Derek Carr in that middle tier would work yeah. too. I Daniel Jones doesn't excite me. Derek I Carr was him. on
3: Hard Knocks, and I liked how he came off of Hard Knocks a little bit Aaron too.
0: Aaron Rodgers would be a lot of fun. I think he'd be great. I think he'd he'd be great. Well,
2: he's going to be on Hard Knocks.
0: Yeah. He's
3: such oh, a weirdo. I, 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 I follow Russell Wilson. Oh, Russell but, Wilson is the, Russell, mid-tier now, the mid tier one now. He's mid, you know, yeah. but his wife is not mid. She's a top shelf. <laughs> I need to see that.
1: <laughs> I think Lamar Jackson would be a lot of fun in this. He intrigues me.
0: Lamar would have been a lot of fun last year going through yeah, the contract right. stuff. Yeah, well, That's
1: awesome. what I'm saying. He'd be fun. Deshaun Watson is a guy who, if everything came into place and right. he allowed it in the NFL, like, they would, they that would, would never be, do it. I don't think it's possible, pa- but he'd be one. You I'm, know I'm the person that Burrow. they're not
3: going to let him do? Tua.
1: I also think – What did you say, G?
3: Sorry? The, the person that they're never going to let do it is Tua. Like they don't want no parts of his off-season concussion yeah. stuff. Yeah, right. They don't want nothing. <laughs> like,
1: I the- think I think Dak Prescott would be a fun one too. That could be a good, you know, the mid-tier one. Does the NFL
0: have to sign off on this? I guess they do. I guess yeah. The NFL has control over everything. They would have yeah. to sign
3: off on it. Yeah, were we right. were we not here last Yeah, <laughs> uh, Never mind. That was a dumb thing to ask. That was a yeah, dumb they thing got asked. it. Listen, they they control the voting rights. So yeah. everybody yeah. tell you that the I also
1: want Kyler Murray just to see how good he really is at video games, like <laughs> or, the, the scenes of him playing Call of Duty when he's supposed to be studying, or <laughs> to see how
3: many uh, how many if he's if he's in his tablet enough. Yeah,
2: <laughs> he's with the trainer and. After five minutes, he's like, yeah, that's enough. Yeah, yeah. All right, we got time for final takes here, Mike, don't we? Or do you got something else? You we do have
1: time for final takes. I want to look up one thing real quick before yeah. we get to final takes because okay. there may be one more thing I want to hit on with quarterback. And there is. I forgot.
3: If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the
1: Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Give me your two biggest winners from the documentary. The two people that you came, or or it could be losers, but two people in your opinion came off way better than you expected way worse than you expected but weren't what you expected to see from this i'm
3: gonna say the biggest winner i'm gonna start off early biggest winner bar done is patrick mahomes wife who would have thought that she she i thought she was gonna. i'm like i don't know bro he right. had to keep her she ugh, i thought they did a good job of showing that she owns a soccer team they showed her being a like a, a, a coherent parent she wasn't saying nothing crazy and I thought it came off showing like they got a a, a, a little genuine relationship where it's kind of like they're a little quirky. So I, I thought – high she, school sweethearts. Yeah, they came off – she came off uh, – and I did not know she played semi-pro soccer. Shout out to her. Yeah. So I, I like that she's an athlete. And she's like – I kind of like the fact that he married a – you know, like,
2: I don't know what he's doing, but he married a girl who's not like a supermodel or anything. Yeah, he
3: and he was like nervous and liked her. Like, it was like, yeah. yeah. I had him in a friend's box. G. Bush,
1: she was my number one winner too. Oh, really? She was my. I, only, I went in with the expectation of only seeing her from the annoying social and media. And I found yes. her annoying the first two episodes. But she grew on you. But
2: she right? really grew on yeah. me. Yes.
1: She she had, my opinion of her changed the most of anyone yes. in the series. From where I thought it would be to where it ended. She was number two for me.
2: The most was Kirk Cousins for me. Because I thought, because I remember he was one of the whack jobs during COVID that was like (laughs) saying all kinds of weird shit. Because his dad's like a weird preacher and all this weird stuff. And so he was saying weird stuff on the COVID times. And so I was like, oh, he's some like nutball. But he doesn't come off, he comes off like completely opposite. Very intelligent, very thoughtful, very caring, like smart you know seeing a psychologist working on his brain you know like all these really smart and thoughtful things uh really nice in the community and the kids and like and I, he I thought he was gonna be I thought I was gonna hate him and I came off loving him
3: he was he's super rich and only has like four shirts but Kirk smarten up on the COVID thing will you don't be a doofus
0: I didn't make it far enough into the yeah to say who won and who lost yeah. but is is Mahomes' dipshit brother? And this at nah, all? Not, no, right? no, no, not no. at
1: all. Nah, and that's nah. the other big. They winner. show him, yeah. but he did not have He's one speaking dipshit. part.
2: But I don't. But yeah, they, you never hear. I, yeah, I don't think he ever talked he, in the uh, whole uh, thing. I think they perp. I think he was like, "Let's leave br- my brother out of this." Mahomes probably said that.
0: Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I bet yeah, he did. Leave him out of this. He's not doing that with And him. I've always been a Cousins fan.
2: I've always, I've always
0: liked yeah. Cousins. So and by I'm the way, yeah,
3: Patrick Mahomes came off great. Because I'm, you know me, I'm always trying to sniff money, right. You go around Tom Brady, you just feel that the money is there. Yeah. Um, I didn't think
2: Mariota came off that great. Especially, like, quitting, leaving the team. I
1: I don't think they needed him at all in this, to be honest. He added to me, and and it's not a shot at him. He seems like a nice guy, but the season went poorly, and obviously he got benched. He left. It was weird. His storyline didn't add anything to me. Maybe if it was, like, Baker fighting for his life, it'd be different, but... I could have yeah, done Ma- all the Mariotas. Ma- Mariota
3: kind of like he was a bridge quarterback. Like you know, he was like it, to me, he didn't really add too much for the simple fact that like. But I did think, I think that it did show this. Sometimes the pressure make you Mahomes. Sometimes the pressure can turn you from Kirk Cousins, a backup fourth round dude, to. Now I got one of the biggest contracts in the yeah. league or sometimes you can start off as the number two overall pick be the darling be a nice guy, but you ain't built for it. No and Marcus Mariota It's built clear. For it. It's clear. I don't agree with Mike that it brought nothing. I thought it brought an
2: interesting perspective yeah, like, of a guy whose careers on the brink and it didn't go well. There was no Hollywood ending for him. I just uh-uh. didn't
1: really like I found myself not kind of rooting not not rooting against him. Yeah, but I wasn't rooting for him and obviously you know how it ends yeah. We know he got benched. We know he left the team. We know Mahomes ends up winning the Super Bowl, but I felt myself throughout his progression. Yeah, just couldn't really buy into I, it.
2: I, I think there was a noticeable difference in now. Again, we're not seeing the whole picture. We're seeing what they showed us, mm-hmm. but but I think they've shown us enough of of this thing to show like, in terms of leadership, right. it was clear that Mario didn't have it. No,
3: that Cousins had it, but not at a high level, and that. Mahomes had it through the roof. I But I did think Cousins showed more than I thought he had. I remember he him, did. him coming to the locker room, high five everybody like he did. But even, like out of the field,
2: when Cousins was getting the team fired up, it was like, yeah. He's when, a squid. I told you. He when just...
3: Mahomes is getting the team fired up, you want to run through a freaking wall. Yeah, because McCombs a couple times said, no, it's way too quiet out here. Yeah, you guys, who's out there cursing? Like, he, and he's like, out there like, let's,
2: you
1: know. See like, you know what was really cool too? They did, I think it was episode seven. They went through Mahomes' pregame ritual. And right. the way they edited it, it was they good. took video from, I don't know how many games it was, but it clearly right. was the same exact routine. And it reminded me, and Jason, I'm sure you know this, like Steph Curry's pregame routine, where it became a spectacle, especially when they were on the up and up. Yeah. And he would go to every arena. It was the same thing. He'd make the same amount of shots from the same spot. Mahomes did the same thing. He ended it with the fadeaway jump shot and then catching a pass from Chad Henney. That was cool. I also thought Andy Reid and the little little nuggets we got of Andy yeah. Reid
2: came across really cool, too. I agree. So did – what's his name? Kevin O'Connell. Kevin O'Connell he, did, yeah. He came yeah. off good, too. Uh, do you, Arthur Smith has no chin. No. Well, I don't really either. So. <laughs> uh, do you uh,
1: – I just – I couldn't look at him. Someone made a he's joke hard about to it look once, at. and he's then hard I see look him. At. He's a nice guy, though. I like, yeah. I like Arthur do Smith.
2: Do you think – like, the Bills have bulletin board material off of this. Yeah. Yeah. Right, I mean, I don't know, uh, Jason. I don't think you got to it. We were talking about it though. In episode seven, is when they beat Jacksonville, right? And then he goes to his house. His whole family's there, and his friends are there. And the Bengals and Bills were playing the next day. And I think his dad says to him, or somebody says to him, but I think it was his dad. Who, for those who don't know, his dad played Major League Baseball, uh, for you know, for a number of teams. But anyway, his dad says to him, "Who do you think is going to win tomorrow?" And he says, "Well, the Bengals are better. I think they're going to win." And then his dad says, "Well, who do you want to play?" And he says, "Well, the Bills are a better matchup for us, but I want to play the Bengals." Mm-hmm. First of all, if you're a fan of the Chiefs, you got to love that. Yeah. He's like, "Don't give it, not that the Bills would be easy, mm-hmm. but he's like, I don't want the easier matchup. I want this only guy that keeps beating me." Yeah, and the only team that keeps beating me, and he beat him. I, we so, like, that's it. You know how we're always like, oh, I want to play an easy team on the schedule. Like, the greats, they don't give it. He wants to play Burrow because Burrow's the only player in the league that had anything over him at this
0: point. We match up well is a nice way of saying that, we. we that's
3: they're not that
2: good.
0: We'll
3: the beat ba- them.
2: Right. The, Bills are, the Bengals are better than the Bills, yeah. but I still want to play the Bengals.
3: That's why the, now, Cavs, that's why the Cavs beating the Warriors was it because they was like, no, we want Steph Curry in the mouthpiece, and we came back yeah.
1: in 3-1, you like, yo, I like that.
3: But the Bills will use that as, as uh Speaking of and yeah.
1: board material, yeah. I know we talked about this when it happened last year on the show. Yeah. And then Mahomes brought it up when, like, the mayor called it Burrowhead and all that stuff. And then yeah. Mahomes was like, yeah, it did kind of piss me off. And I know on the show you were like, yeah, players don't really care about that. And I do agree with you for the most part. I, but hearing do, Mahomes say that, did that change how you think about yeah, well, a little bit of player
2: trash talk? I did say that they – I was annoyed that the mayor did that at the time. I but, that a was, bit,
1: but I think you said, like, if they need that, that the motivation. Play, yeah, but the players
2: clearly are get pissed off about stuff like that. Uh, the whole Burrowhead thing was stupid. It was stupid, the Bengals players. That, first of all, Joe Burrow had nothing to do with that, of course. He would never do that nonsense. But the players that said it were idiots, and that effing mayor should have been fired <laughs> after that. <laughs> that idiot. Although, I'll give him credit. Did you see when they did the Bengals schedule announcement? Yeah, he, he kind of was like... He kind of made doing, fun of himself. Yeah, uh, I
0: don't remember what he did, but I
2: remember it coming yeah, up. Yeah, he was, yeah. <laughs> yeah, That was, I'll give him credit for that, because he that was, a, that was really dumb. The whole thing was dumb. The Bengals embarrassed themselves with
3: that. Really quickly, do you think sports talk is uh, more rabid in uh, Cleveland or Cincinnati? I don't listen to Cincinnati sports talk, so I don't know. It would
0: have to be Cleveland. I, I mean, Cleveland's have to be got Cleveland.
2: a, two sports TV stations and uh, two sports radio show stations and our TV show. Cincinnati doesn't have. They have WLW, they like have a one massive sports station. station. Yeah. And they have another station that is like news. I think has one sports show. They don't have a show like us, equivalent to us there, I don't think. Hold on,
3: hold on, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah, you get it right. Mm-hmm. You live in Cleveland, not Cincinnati, act like it. <laughs> I mean, there are airports in Kentucky.
0: I can't take them seriously. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
3: That's it. No no, uh,
2: final takes. We'll see you on overtime.